Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week I'm joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? And your host, Hamish. Um, we've got some radio silence from 40, so we're not quite sure where he's at. Um, but Ham is also out tonight. So uh, after one loss, uh, two of the boys have given up on the Eels for the season. What do you say, Birdie? Yeah, I'm just here so I don't get fined, so... Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> it's, uh, um, yeah, or, it's, yeah, go on. So, other than first grade, it was a positive result across um, all of the Eels' uh, other feeder teams. So, we'll start with the Shield when my computer wants to load up. It is a bit slow. Um, so, we had the Guildford Owls uh, coming uh, over the top of Wentworthville Magpies in the Shield, 36-32. to And then into the Ron Massey Cup. My goodness, the internet is slow tonight. Um, these are all pages that are preloaded, which are now having to reload. Not good. Uh, Wentworthville Magpies coming up victors, uh, 36 points to 10. And um, there was one conversion from Bo Henry. Oh, he, he also scored a try as well. So it looks like he's back to his fighting best, but they're, they're seeing to um, go to... Uh, a different goal kicker in that grade. So I don't know what uh, Bo Henry's done to, to have the kicking tee taken away, but um, we'll see when it comes to the finals whether he'll be stepping up. That Brad, that Brad Kieran guy, is he, re- is he related to the one that's over at the Warriors? Yeah, I think they're cousins. I think earlier in the year that's what um, was confirmed that they're cousins. Oh, wow. Fantasy gun, man. We've got the, the cousin of the fantasy gun. It's pretty good. Yep. <laughs> um. And then into the flag, which is a shame we don't have Hammond 40 here because I think they um, had some rundowns on this grade, but a positive result. Eels 28 to the Bulldogs 10. Uh, try scorers, Valence Harris, a double to Bailey Biondiodo, and Joseph Taipari and Baigalu also getting tries. Uh, Bailey Biondiodo was 4 from 5 off the tee and a half-time score of 12-4. So again, still out of finals contention. The Eels have been for a while. Um, but at least they're they're sort of getting some results with uh, a more stable roster towards the back of the season, um, noting that earlier in the year there was a lot of injuries and ins and outs, and and there's a, a whole host of players playing up in Fle- uh, playing up in Canterbury Cup, and also um, in the case of Dylan Brown uh, playing up in first grade. Then on to Canterbury Cup. Uh, Wentworthville Magpies 28 to the Bulldogs 20 in a surprising result, given the Bulldogs are up towards the top of this competition. Um, but try scorers Stefano Otuikumanu, Will Smith, George uh, Jennings with a double. And then, um, sorry, also getting over was Ethan Parry uh, at the very end of proceedings. Uh, beating, so again, eight-point uh, victory, which pushes the Wentworthville Magpies into eighth position. Uh, they'll need to get a win this week or have Warriors lose to ensure themselves of a top um, eight finals appearance, uh, but they are coming up against top-of-the-table Rabbitohs. Uh, then into the main event Thursday evening, uh, we had the Eels taking on the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs getting a victory 12-6, to over the Eels, just before we get into all of the stats, Bertie, what were your initial thoughts? Um, I'm actually frustrated with the loss because, um, you know, the first thing Brad Arthur says after the last game was, um, like, he's upset without ill discipline, you know, penalties, back chatting and errors, but the players were even more upset. Now, I'm not trying to take a shot at Brad Arthur, but he's either talking shit or 
yeah, he's either talking shit because you know they just it just repeated the same thing, just errors. You know, you look at like Manu Mo, like since he's announced he's like leaving um, for Hull, he's been on fire. He just had a, a bad game, dropping ball after ball. Now you can put it on to uh, Moses for a couple of bad passes, but it just it just the difference is like, Bulldogs are in form. They've won what I think you said early six out of seven or seven out of eight. Well, Gold Coast, you know, six out of eight, I think. Yep. Yeah, six out of eight. Well, Gold Coast are on the, you know, they're going to finish with the wooden spoon, and they're not a first grade squad. So, you know, we got lucky against Gold Coast, and we we paid the price against the dogs. You know, we just it just reminded me of whenever we play Sharks, we just dial down to their levels. It's like a grind, and we just trying to win off every play, and yeah, just too many penalties and too many um. Drop ball. You know, I thought we were on when uh, when Blake scored. You know, Manu. I just I was just hating on Manu just a couple of seconds ago, but he, you know, has a an incredible offload. You know, going to ground and Blake. You know, fights off three people to plant it down. But um, just then, ever since then, um, nothing went our way. Essentially, like we just it was just it was a bad performance, and we just we knew it. The dogs were going to score. You know, if they're going to score, it's going to be less than two points, and yeah. You know, the final score is twelve six. So, yeah, just just frustration because that's two Thursday night games we've lost at home, and yeah, thank God no more Thursday night games for the rest of the season. Yes. Um. So let's just get into some of those stats, which saw us have fifty three percent percent. Sorry, fifty three percent possession. Um. We had an extra three minutes with the ball. Completion seventy six percent to the Bulldogs seventy five. Uh, all runs one eighty nine. So we outgained them by about three hundred meters. Outgained them a hundred post contact meters. And then the big difference was their Bulldogs five line breaks to two. Um, just about every single other stat we we won. Um, kick defusal, kicks, kicking meters, force dropouts, um, all one. And then. Where we did let ourselves down was was with the missed tackles, 42 to the Bulldogs, 33, and then 28 ineffective tackles to 29. And then, of course, as you touched on before, Bertie, 13 errors to the Bulldogs, 10, and then conceding eight penalties to the Bulldogs, 7. And then both teams had a player put on report who are now um, facing time on the sideline and a sin bin apiece. Uh, what did you make of that when um, Nathan Brown, obviously uh, nobody's condoning uh, his tackle as awful, uh, worthy of a sin bin and worthy of being put on report, um, but then to have uh, Josh Jackson and and also, of course, uh, their halfback, Lachlan Lewis, starting a melee after, did you think somebody from there should have been in the bin? Um, oh, 100%. For, for that? You know, first off, the referees, they just, they, they didn't control the situation. Well, you know, he should have told, he should have screamed at Josh Jackson and say, I don't need you right now. You know, pissed off essentially. But, you know, everyone's favorite golden boy, whatever, Lewis's nephew, he's just, there's nothing he can do wrong. You know, he tackles a guy, literally rams, rams into his ribs and um, hips, doesn't get, you know, not even a penalty. Like, you know, I'm not condoning what Nathan Brown did. It was disgusting, in my opinion. You know, it was a late, it was a late hit and it's a dangerous hit. You know, and I'm surprised we'll get in touch with what his punishment was, but you know, it, the dogs were just getting away with murder, like essentially, like you know, and it's, yeah, he just I thought you know maybe Lachlan Lewis might have got it in the bin, or maybe even a penalty to us, or you know, can you reverse a shoulder? Like, does that reverse a shoulder charge penalty? You know, starting a melee. I but, think it has happened past, but I, I don't think it would have happened in this circumstance. It's just uh, uh, well, if that's the case, unless the NRL have come out and said you know they're wrong in that. 
we should just start doing that instead of you know go doing a sand fight and start throwing punches just start tackling people tackling them to the ground you know like you know I expected more from Josh Jackson being a captain like he just started that I know you're, you're dirty your play got hit but don't start that shit man that's just it's going to escalate escalate even more and yeah fire the boys up even more and yeah probably sunk down to their level by that so yeah I think that was my takeaway is that we, we obviously pay to a higher level um, than the Bulldogs. And, and I said it at half-time in the Discord that, you know, if we can score two tries or at least a try and a penalty goal, that would be enough to win, and it would have been. Um, but again, Nathan Brown just trying to go out and rev up the boys. He got it completely wrong. And, of course, um, following from that, he's got two weeks on the sideline. We'll touch on that in the news. Um, but other than that, as you, you said, Mo and and um, Mitch Moses were certainly off in that... Uh, you know, neither was in the position when they needed them to. There was especially an egregious one from Mau where if he had ran uh, his line on the outside, he would have gone through untouched, um, but unfortunately came in and um, we, we, we left another opportunity begging. And, of course, Sivo dropping the ball over the line twice. So um, from um, other commentators or, or all on other sites or podcasts and stuff that I've been listening to, um, they 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 thought that this was a thoroughly entertaining game, and it was end to end, and it was finals esque um, in sort of the contact and the uh, and the effort levels put in. Maybe not so much in execution, um, but I have to say that that I sort of agreed with that. Um, but it is unfortunate that we let this chance slip away, and um, pretty much I, I said it when we lost to the to Manly a couple of weeks ago that top four was probably out of range. Uh, but after the weekend's results, Manly winning. Rabbitohs winning, um, that's certainly sealed, I think, us missing out on a top four berth, um, but we've still got a good opportunity to finish fifth or sixth and guarantee ourselves a home final in the um, first week. Um, but other things that came out of that game, um, we have to play on our left a bit more. Um, I think commentators were uh, pretty fired up about uh, Dylan Brown getting a bit more involved um, rather than staying out on his left Side, so I'd like to see a bit more linking between him and Moses, knowing that Moses likes to play that um, top level uh, half role. Um, but also, again, we've discussed it the last couple of weeks uh, Reed Marnie going to the bench and Gutherson playing at hooker for that 10 minute period or, or 10 to 15 minute period either side of half time. It's just not working. Um, they either need to put Salmon in there or if we're just using it to rest him so that he can manage his minutes before uh, the end of the season. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Reed play 80 minutes, or if he's not, just have Salmon on the bench because have a look what was delivered from some of the other bench players. It wasn't all that great. Uh, and that's the last thing, Bertie. Did you want to touch on the bench? It was um yeah, just um, once again uh, plays his his bench rotation, and you know I say it every time he. I think he's out of his depth, Brad Arf, in terms of who does his squad selection and his bench rotation because time week after week there's always someone that's got less than twenty minutes and you know, what's the point of having them? And if you go to the NRL stats, it, we actually used only seven of eight uh, interchanges. So like I don't know what it, it maybe Brad Arf is just too focused into the game to realise, hang on, I might need to get fresh legs out there, but you know, Unless he's just limping to the final, trying to get us to the finals um, with this whole uh, Marnie having a break in Gufferson, um, it's stifling our attack. So unless he's just trying to do that until like till we get to the finals, you're gonna have to have Salmon 
in the team, and because he can just come on and he can, you know, his running game is is, is great. Like he can just come on and when those play when those play, um, on either side of half time and you know do some damage. But uh, just once again, Brad Arthur, you know, you know, he just doesn't know what to do with the bench, and yeah, hopefully he fixes it up because come if it's week one of semifinals and you know we're doing the same shit, you know, Gufferson at at a hooker, I'm gonna be livid, man. All right, and yeah, again, that bench rotation, uh, obviously not getting as much out as we were earlier in the season. Um, Gower, uh, Maroa uh, in particular, sort of under-delivering, I thought, this week, even though old man Gower had sort of been playing really well. Um, I thought he, he he wasn't as impactful in the last couple of weeks. It's, um, not, it's but... not a bench that that you can chase a game with. It's a bench that if... It's a front front-running bench. Like, if we have to chase the game and, you know, offload or, like... Uh, break a tackle or spark something. It's not a. It's not a bench to do that. You know, Tepai is. You know, his his runs are not that good. You know, okay, Gary's got a good offload, but you know, we need like big boppers on the bench to break the line and you know start getting the defense on the back foot and you know with the likes of like uh, Oregon and you know hopefully one day Stefano. But yeah, it's not a great uh, chasing. You know, if we're going to chase the win bench. All right, I think that sums it up just about. So. Um, hopefully that's the kick in the pants we need before the finals. We'd sort of been uh, papering over some cracks with uh, wins. What was it? We were seven from eight um, prior to coming into that week. Um, so hopefully they've, um, after having their pants pulled down a little bit, they'll reflect on that and uh, get their heads in the right space before the finals, uh, given that they've got two top eight teams they've got to play in the next two rounds, uh, which will be, again, a nice tester before coming into the finals, because we don't want to arrive flat and be out um, like last time. Uh, we want to kind of win on the board in the finals at least, uh, even though um, I guess it's a big upgrade from coming 16th last year. And and just on that news, we're confirmed a final spot. The lowest that we can drop is seventh position if every single result goes against us. Um, other than buys and whatever else, which is very unlikely. So um, I think that about wraps up the review, uh, onward and upward. Uh, so into the news, the first one will be uh, Nathan Brown, of course, is out for two weeks. What do you think of that? Pretty lu- pretty lucky, Birdie? Yeah, you know, I'm so proud of him, so proud of him, you know. Like, nah, I just, if anyone doesn't know, that's his honor. Like, I'm saying that. You know, I'm lucky. I said... Um, you know, people are like, oh, maybe you might get a final week. I reckon two weeks is, you know, it calls him off. It makes you think, you know, because like when he was at South, he was a grub, you know. I didn't like him. You know, he did a stomp on, I think it was a Warriors player maybe in the groin area. And um, when we signed him, I was like, please just cut that shit out. And ever since then, he's been clean in terms of like nothing bad off the fit, like nothing bad that's warranted a suspension. So put it down to like a brain snap and, you know, he's going to think hard and, you know, realize, you know, you know, if we finish seventh, you know, he's costed us a home. I won't put too much blame, but you know, he might feel like he costed us a home final. You know, because he's our forward leader, and you know, when he came back from injury, you know, we just we looked at different sides. So, you know, I'm happy. Um, it's just the two weeks, you know, it could have been bad, but uh, yeah, it could be worse. Yeah, I thought he was very fortunate in the grading um, of. Uh, I think it was grade two. But a reminder, people are saying, well, Pangai wasn't as bad as that the week before. Um, the judiciary take into consideration uh, past charges. Uh, Nathan Brown, 
no charges since 2016, so no loading, etc. Uh, whereas Pangai, I think, had been charged about three times this year. So um, it's it's what happens when it all catches up with you. It's the same with um, who was the one that got done for it as well. Um, well I can't recall. Um, oh, sorry, that's who it was. It was um, uh, no, no, the the half from Panthers. Um, Maloney. Um, Maloney, yeah, yeah, who had been warned for tripping twice during the year and then got some uh, some time off after his third one, so it's pretty much and a- even and even Maguire from the from the Cowboys, you know, he's had with the eye gouging, like he's had warnings. Yeah, and- that's correct as well. That's who I was thinking as well. So you know, you get the two warnings and then third strike, you're out. Um, yes, yeah. Hopefully, um, now he has to go through what the next year and a bit um, on a clean record because any incident is going to be like uh, extra loading. So. Yeah, long-term punishment. That's exactly right. And then on to, I think, the final bit of news, which is the uh, Eels uh, vote, again, is up for the Parramatta Leagues um, on the 10th of September. Um, so, again, Max Donnelly pushing through the reform, same, pretty much same as last year. I understand the opposition has been batted down about three times now. Um, so let's just get these reforms put through. If you are a eligible PLC member, i.e. you're a member of the league's club for the last three years, get down to the club on the 10th of September for the general meeting, um, at which Max uh, Donnelly's constitutional reforms will be uh, voted upon, and I think we need a two-thirds majority to get through. Um, So everybody who can be down there, um, who's part of the uh, league's club, get down there and vote in favour of the reforms. Oh, sorry, the next bit of news, it wasn't the last, um, but Bernie Gurr stepping down as the CEO at the end of the season. Thoughts, Bernie? Yeah, um, I don't know, because before he was appointed, um, Peter Sterling spoke highly of him, and I, I don't know, like, I'm not, that's not my expertise, so I don't know if it's a great decision or not, like, I'm, I'm surprised it was announced now, I thought they would have, you know, given it a bit of time towards the end, because, you know, you just know media can spin this into anything. Like and that's what I do want um, off-field um, media attention, but um, you know he's done a lot for the club. Have has he delivered us a front jersey sponsor? Like, yeah, we did have Amart at one point, but I think they've now pulled out. Um, but <laughs> outside of the jersey sponsor, um, I think since 2016, you know, guiding through the the, the salary cap challenges, uh, then on to the negotiations uh, in regard to the new stadium, I thought they were handled exceedingly well. Um, I know that <laughs> there was a fair bit made in the media of it, but uh, we held all the, the um, political uh, good... Wi- well, sorry... Um, the upper hand in the political sphere, noting that the New South Wales government was going to an election um, and they just built this new stadium for the sole purpose of having the Eels and the Western Sydney Wanderers as major tenants. Uh, if we didn't sign up to an agreement on good terms, uh, you know, the, the, the state government would have been left pretty red-faced. So I thought they handled that extremely well. Um, and then what have they announced they've announced the new um, Centre of sorry, Excellence as well Centre of Excellence yep. also uh, up upgrades to the Leagues Club and the new uh, parking at the Leagues Club too um, so they're certainly trending positively um, compared to prior to 2016 um, but uh, he had a three year contract to which is now up and I think um, you know maybe a, a bit of breath of fresh air in regard to some some things uh, might be warranted within the club to take that next step on to uh, pushing forward after um, now we've got the new stadium so 
Um, I, I thought it was a good turn from from Bernie, um, but you know, sometimes change can be uh, uh, good or um, positive. Well, we've got everything. Like we've got a state of the art stadium. We've got a centre of excellence coming. You know, membership is still growing. The Leeds club, like this guy that's going to come in, his replacement. What can he offer, or what can he bring to the table? That's going to be because he's got to. We've got to improve. We can't go backwards. So, you know, it's going to be a big task because. You know, as a fan, I'm happy where the club is, like off the field. On the field, I'd like to be better, but yeah, I don't know what what else can you do to improve off field. Like, what makes like you know what can be um, make our lives better? You know, like yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the new guy will have, what ideas he's having. Yeah. And just as a point of clarification, sorry for that, for the um the am- amendments to the con. Constitution, it needs a 75% um, vote in favour to pass. So, sorry, not a two-thirds majority, a 75%. Um, so, again, if you can get down there, get down there. Um, and I think that about wraps up the Eels news. Nobody else? No, uh, nothing comes to mind. All right, well, let's jump into... It's going to be Express Edition tonight, seeing it's only me and Bertie. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, on to the uh, upcoming round of action, uh, which we'll see uh, in the Shield. Again, really slow internet, and I'm not quite sure what's going on. Uh, we will see the Guildford Owls taking on the Asquith Magpies one, uh, Sunday, uh, 1st of September at 1pm, Story Park. Uh, don't forget your Father's Day this Sunday. If you haven't got a gift, go out there and get some. Have you got something for your dad yet, Bertie? Ah, uh, no, not at this stage, but hopefully when this gets dropped, you know, something special for him. But, um, yeah, I'm terrible with gifts, you know. Like, I think I got him, you know those Masua Fongs, the ones you get from the chemist? I think oh, I got yeah, him one yeah, 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 yep. Yeah, so I'm terrible with gifts, you know. And I can't get, I tried to pawn off that, you know, the Paramount Eels membership hat, but he didn't want that. So, yeah, got to get creative, I suppose. <laughs> All right, on Saturday, the 31st of August at 1pm at Albury Keach Reserve, the Wentworthville Magpies in first position, taking on the Mounties in third position in the Ron Massey Cup. And then moving on to the Jersey Flag, which will see the uh, North Sydney Bears taking on the Eels in the Round 24 action. Uh, That'll take place at Saturday, the 31st of August. Uh, Bears in 13th, Eels in 11th. And that'll take place at 7pm on Saturday. So is that in the... No, that wouldn't be a lead-up. That's that's a very strange time to have um, at North Sydney Oval. Uh, But... uh, Again, coming off two wins, Nebatella Evu, Naiduki on the wings, Bailey Biondo in the halves. It, it's a good-looking um, squad, Hollis and Hughes in the forwards. Um, so, uh, fingers crossed they can put together uh, two wins, which I think is, this might be the final round. Um, so, if they can get a win here, they're still not in finals contention, but they can probably feel a bit better about themselves. And then on to the New South Wales Cup, or Canterbury Cup, as it's now called this year, which will be the Rabbitohs in first position, taking on Wentworthville Magpies in eighth position. Um, As I said, we need a win here, or we need the Warriors to lose, and that will guarantee us uh, a finals position. Um, Not too many people to... Hayes Dunster looks like he must have injured himself because he's... Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. is he out or is he going to first grade? Because... 
No, he's not on the extended bench, so I assume he must have had some sort of injury because uh, Jamin Salmon's playing at centre. Yep. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit strange. Um, he Tepo hasn't gone back to... Tepo no. in the back row, starting back row, actually. That's correct. So, uh, named, but I think he was named for, for Wentworthville last week and, of course, got a call up to first grade. Um, so, we'll just have to see how that plays out closer to um, kick-off on Friday. Uh, but, uh, again, uh, sorry, Wentworthville, they're playing Saturday the 31st of August at 4pm. Um, so, gosh, that'll be what Tim Manners, potentially his last game, um, depending on if they make it through to the finals. And what what a game against the ladder-leading um, South Sydney reserves. A big game. Yeah, there's a couple of players on there that... Yeah, there's a couple, not... They're not, they're not first grade names, but they're coming first for a reason. And, you know, Connor Tracy and Haas, like, there's got to be a reason why they're doing so well. Oh, ben, I, I, Yelene, oh Gordon, Yelene Gordon, number 17, he's an ex uh, first grade player. So, there you go. Yeah, they've got a couple of names that I've seen sprinkled in first grade. But, yeah, obviously, well coached to be up the, the top there. Then on to first grade, which we'll see. Friday, the premier Broncos, Friday night Broncos, uh, 7.55pm, Friday the 30th of August at 20, uh, 2019, uh, which will see the Broncos in 8th position taking on the Eels in 6th position. And just quickly go through the team list for the Broncos, Anthony Mil- Milford at fullback, on the wings, Jermaine Asako and Corey Oates in the centres, Katoni Staggs and Alex Glenn, halves, Darius Boyd and Sean O'Sullivan, in the forwards, Matt Lodge, Payne Haas, Andrew McCulloch at hooker, then on to the second row, which sees David Fafita, Matt Gillett and Joe Offerhangawi locking it all out. The interchange bench is James Seguiaro, Thomas Flegler, uh, Shibasaki and Pat Carrigan. Extended bench, Reese Kennedy, Isaiah Parisi, uh, Farnworth and Nayu. And then for the Eels, uh, Clint Gutherson at fullback. The return of Blake Ferguson to the wing and Makasivo on the other wing. In the centres, Michael Jennings and Waka Blake. And so this will be the uh, first wing centre pairing of Blake Ferguson. <laughs> We have, yeah. thank, we have to thank Ron for that one, by the way. So thank you, Ron. <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out to Ron for that one. Um, and he also had his Simpsons content stolen on the Ponga one too. So oh, yeah, great. We'll shout out to 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 John. Uh, sorry for <laughs> Ron <laughs> for that one. Uh, then into the halves: Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, forwards: Kane Evans, Junior Paulo, Reed Marnie at hooker. Uh, second row is Sean Lane, Manu Ma'u, and in place of Nathan Brown, Murata near Kore locking. How, how do you see that, Bertie? I like that because um, since he's um, when he since he was dropped to the bench, he's been solid defensively in the middle because he's not a great edge defender. He arm grabs and um, he, the centers are too quick for him. But in the middle, he's solid as a rock, and you know that's going to be perfect. And you know it's unfortunate this is the only time he can get a starting gig spot essentially um, with one player out injured or suspended. So it's great, great that he's actually starting as opposed to Penny Terrapo. But um. Yeah, I'm happy for it. Yeah, well, I thought they might go a different different route and switch Manu Mau, who played a bit of lock earlier in the season with Nathan Brown out, to lock and then potentially put Brad Takarangi in that second row position. Um, but I think Brad's looked for uniformity or a little more consistency with those edge options. 
uh, noting that we're going to probably run out with Sean Lane and Manu Mayu in the second row once we get to week one of finals. Um, I can understand him uh, trying for the sake of uniformity just to, to switch one player as to switch, you know, three or four around. Um, then on to the interchange bench, Penny Terrapo, David Gower, Dan Alvaro and Bracket. Takarangi, and the extended bench is Tep Moroa, Ray Stone, Stefano Utuikumanu, and Josh Hoffman. Um, I can't see too many changes coming on um, Friday night. What about you, Bertie? Yeah, no, that's, I reckon that's 1-17. to 17. If I had my way, um, if I was a coach, I'd, I'd rather have Salmon on the bench instead of Takarangi because he, provide, he can provide um, great depth in the back line, but um, Hopefully, maybe, you know, you never know. Stefano might get a late call-up, you know, in, pre- in place of um, Alvaro or Terrapo. But, yeah, don't expect much. You know, just probably, yeah, there's not much difference. Yeah, besides, obviously, Blake Ferguson in, so, yeah. Yes, so that's the really big in is Blake Ferguson. Obviously, it's been detailed in the media. He's run back from... Um, those medical issues that he suffered from, um, but fingers crossed he can come out firing like he was uh, earlier in the season and get two games under his belt before we go into the finals. Um, now, just on a couple of stats, uh, Eels and Broncos are 20 wins apiece since 1998. Um, the last two results, last year the Broncos got up 18-10, to but earlier this year the Eels getting out 38-10 to victors over the Broncos. Uh, must be said, Broncos played a pretty close game at home last week up against the um, South Sydney Rabbitohs, uh, obviously in a grudge match uh, against Wayne Bennett, um, now coaching at South Sydney. And did you see Wayne Bennett having a dance in the, oh, the sheds? I can't believe he could move at that age, man. That was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the sights of the weekend. You just know um, he, you just know he did that to piss off um, Seabold. You just know. So Wayne Bennett's the type of person like he doesn't say much, but the actions he does, he just rubs. You know, he just knows it's like shots at people. You know, he can. There's cheeky little um, digs at people. You know, so yeah. And just looking at this over on paper, uh, where do you think some weaknesses are for the Broncos? Obviously, it's the halves. You know, like Sean O'Sullivan. You know, he hasn't played much. You know, um, since he's been there and. Darius Boyd, he can't defend. Um, yeah, I think... I don't know what's wrong with Osaka. He was, you know, rookie of the year last year. And I thought he was going to be the next big fullback, you know, essentially. But uh, he's been shocking. And, yeah, we don't know what Corey Oates will get. You know, we could get, like, a hat-trick Oates or, you know, fumbling error Oates. So, yeah, just got to target... Obviously, target Sullivan and target their backs. But I'm actually worried about their forward pack because they've got a decent forward pack and... Um, we we if we can handle their full pack, we should just easily outclass them. You know, our our backline should just do turn them turn them to shreds. But yeah, just the forwards. You know, for feeder and Payne Haas and you know if often and Gowie, just gotta watch out for them. Well, something that I raised in the Discord was Alex Glenn playing at centre. Um, yeah, he's played a lot of second row, and obviously he's towards the back end of his career. Um, so I thought, I'm fairly certain he plays on the right edge because he's played there instead of Shibasaki. Um, I'm thinking we should be directing traffic there from our left edge. So that would be uh, Sean Lane, uh, Nath- uh, Dylan Brown, sorry. Um, and then also, who else plays on that edge? It's the, the Michael Jennings Sivo edge. So I'd like to see in the lead up to the finals, you know, it's been a, a bit of a criticism is that left edge uh, more playing the right edge uh, 
with Mitch Moses there, but see us sort of going down that left edge a bit more with Dylan Brown. Um, hopefully he can link up with uh, with Sean Lane to, to get a couple of tackle busts and, and also bring uh, both Sivo and Michael Jennings into the game on that edge. I could see a little bit of joy there, but I think a big danger man for the Broncos recently, of course, you've got Payne Haas, who's just a, an absolute freak uh, at the age he is to have a motor like he does, um, so trying to lock him down. Uh, but also at centre, Tony Staggs, he's been in a bit of try scoring form recently um, so I think that's another player to watch um, he, he seems very dangerous very quick between the ears and also very powerful um, so I'd like us to to, to uh, look at shutting him down um, but other than that uh, Broncos are playing at home uh, that already gives them what uh, a couple of points advantage it's Friday night it's going to be a pretty dry deck so um, we've really got to show up after last week I thought our intent was good last week um, but just obviously letting ourselves down in in execution and also probably in smarts um, really letting the Bulldogs get under our skin and 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 lead us into a a pretty stupid game of football to be honest um, so I think the boys really need to come up mentally fit this week and if they can put those two things together the mental and the physical um, I can really see them getting away with a, a win here. Um, but on that note, Bertie, what's your uh, final score and first try scorer? Uh, I'm going to go final score uh, 26 para Eel, um, and the Broncos uh, 14. Um, it's going to be a close game up to half time. My first try scorer will be... Uh, I'm going to go Murata. He's going to budge straight for the, up the guts over someone. And yeah, um, it's just, I reckon it's going to be, as I said, 26... What did I say? 26-14, yeah. But yep. it's going to be a close up until halftime, and then we'll kick away. But um, yeah, it's going to be completely opposite to like last week. You know, high like last week, even though it was an entertaining game, it wasn't high expansive in terms of like not much like long runs or breaks. While this one, I, you know, they can score points, dogs can't. So we're going to have to get our defense on point because um, you know, if we could hardly you know uh, score twelve points, you know, I could see Broncos scoring. I tipped to score 14, but they could easily score 20, 24 plus, you know. It's just Friday night, you know, at Suncorp, anything can happen, you know, dry track and, yeah, hopefully we'll get a dub. All right, and I have us sitting at 18 points to 10, um, being Victor's first try scorer, Maker Sivo. I like us uh, tacking down that left edge. Um, so hopefully they can get a bit of joy. We don't have any um, from Ham. Or from 40, as I said, they've dogged us after the Bulldogs game. So um, hopefully we can get a win and they'll be uh, crawling back next week. Um, all right, well, I think that wraps it up. Um, but for the shout-outs, Bertie, uh, your Cowboys uh, did all right on the weekend. Yeah, won uh, 37 nil. I think it was like the first shutout in um, pre-season at home for them since the 70s, I believe. And the last shutout since 2012. I think it was against the Steelers. It was, it was a crazy stat. Like, I'm surprised we haven't done that. Often no, you know, since we've had the, since we got Giants and Redskins in our uh, division, but um, yeah, it was good to see the defense out there, you know, making plays. You know, uh, Taco Charlton, our first pick a couple of years ago, there was rumors that he could be moved on. You know, he came out and balled out. You know, a couple of fumble, a couple of sacks. You know, resulted the fumbles, but um, yeah, uh, fantasy fantasy start because the NFL starts in two weeks, so people are doing their fantasy teams. You know, I did mine on the weekend. And unfortunately, I chose Andrew Luck, and five minutes later, he announced his retirement. Essentially, so you know, at the age of twenty-nine, he just he just had enough, and you know, I don't think it'll be the last of him. You know, he just needs a break right now, and yeah, he shocked the world. Age twenty-nine, you know, um, a couple other people that retired young, 
you know, Barry Sanders and um, Megatron Calvin uh, Johnson. So, yeah, you know, the Colts literally went from Super Bowl contenders to, like, um, draft pick contenders or some shit, you know, like, and the fans just booing him as well as he's walking off. Yeah, tank for tour. That's it, man. Tank for tour or um, gather picks for uh, Trevor Lawrence in a couple of years' time, you know, the next Peyton Manning. So, yeah. And how about in the um, the Premier League? Yeah, so my, you know, last week I was uh, all happy, you know, God bless VAR. Well, my Spurs lost this week and I thought there was a penalty and the VAR didn't give us a penalty. So, yeah, screw you, VAR. But, um, yeah, never well, not the only one um, upsetting about uh, video review this week. <laughs> oh, it just didn't help. The same day, also, the Ashes, I was just like, come on, you got to be serious. Literally, all my teams were losing besides the Cowboys and Swans, and I'm just like, just let me take a break at least, you know? And, yeah, other than that, um, oh, well, oh, the Boomers, man, they beat us USA for the first time in their history. I think it's a, um, the US first lost in 13 years, and... You know, people are saying, oh, it's just a USA D squad. But you look at the players in that team, you know, Donovan Mitchell, he was contending rookie of the year with Ben Simmons, um, Harrison Barnes. Like, there's some, you've you got to realize the NBA has a plenty of talented people, you know, and just because they're not like the Kevin Durant, the LeBron James, the Steph Curry of the world, they still are handy. And don't diminish our, our win over them, you know, it's our greatest win, I reckon. And, you know, bids well for us uh, for our World Cup in China. True, and then um, in the less than positive result, uh, Australia obviously going down to uh, England in that third test. Uh, we thought at the beginning, uh, having batted for over 300 and, and got England out in the first uh, innings for 76, um, that we should go on with it, but um, things just didn't go uh, to plan. And of course, um, it was Joe Root, wasn't it? No, it wasn't Root. It was, Stokes, was the other wasn't one. it? Yeah, Stokes, yeah. The Kiwi. The, so, the yeah. nightclub puncher. Yeah, the Kiwi yeah. nightclub puncher. Who would have thought um, England were relying on a Kiwi and a West Indian to win them the Ashes? Or win them, win them a game, you know? Who would have thought that? Yeah, so uh, played a fantastic uh, knock um, that you can only stand back and applaud. But Australia, different team with... Um, the main man Smith back in the squad, so uh, we'll see how the the, the turntables uh, on the next uh, match. Um, given that it's now drawn a draw and a win apiece, um, so hopefully they can get up next. I think it's next week they're back on uh, without looking at the draw. Is he back, Steve Smith? I thought he was out for the whole series. I didn't think he was out. I thought he they rested him because of his um because of concussion on the last oh. game, but that he would be coming back. Because um, I saw an article this morning who is going to make way for Steve Smith in the in the fourth test. Um, so I'm pretty sure that he's not out for the whole series. Oh, that's great. And then on to, um, yeah, the NFL was a bit of a no-show for myself because we played up in Canada on a field that was so terrible that they had to... Um, shorten the field from 100 yards to to, to 80 yards um, so the coach just didn't put any of the starters in so it made the um, old school um, storm ground look like a massive ground didn't it <laughs> yeah it did um, and you know even the um, the Raiders didn't want to play their first on that on that um, pitch and given the Raiders uh, play on a bloody baseball pitch for, for half of their season last year um yeah, it, it must have been pathetic, uh, the ground. So um, rather no busted blown knees or anything like that, um, even though we did pick up a couple of injuries to our tight ends, which wasn't great because we're very low on those. 
And then, yeah, you already covered the Boomers, um, getting a win, massive. And then, I can't think of anything else. Rory McIlroy, I think, got up in the, the FedEx Cup, which is um, good for him. <laughs> He's playing pretty, pretty rubbish this year. Um, other than that, Father's Day this weekend. Um, so, get your father a prezi and um, get out and spend some time um, with your old man. Uh, but other than that, I think that wraps it up for this week. Unless you got anything else, Bertie? No, that's you know, that's it. Really, um, a bit weird, you know. Um, stepping up for this pod, talking a lot. You know, I'm not used to. I'm usually just chiming in, you know, with a couple of, um, phrases here and there. But uh, yeah, yeah. If I say to my dad, I'll see you on Sunday. Uh, hopefully, I got a gift for you. If not, uh, I love you. The gift is you, Bertie. Yeah, that's it. Um, all right, well, that'll wrap, that'll wrap us up. So go on uh, the Blue and Gold, the Mighty Blue and Gold Eels, or the, the Mighty... What did I say the other week? I can't remember. Blue and Eels, that's what I said. Blue and Eels, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully we can get up on Friday night, which will make uh, all of our weekends a lot better. And um, and uh, best of luck to all the uh, Eels in the uh, feeder squads for the weekend to come. And, um, yeah, we'll catch you on the next Para podcast, and I'll play you out with a bit of uh, words of wisdom from Nonna. You have a fight with the other bomb, the other rock. Why? Why don't you control yourself? You're not the rule of the game. Now you're, you're too weak to slow. It's true, no? Why? Why? You have to control yourself. I'm proud of you, but now, why? Why you react like that before? I'm 